You're listening to the Northeast Lifestyle Podcast. Today I catch up with Maximo Park frontman Paul Smith to talk about their new album. So, you've got a new album out for release. Can can you uh, t- tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, it's called Nature Always Wins. Um, and for, uh, even though album titles uh, try and encapsulate everything in, inside a record, um, they never do. But I'll, <laughs> it, kind of, it, it, it kind of relates to... Um, the idea of nature and nurture, because I, I became a, a, a parent about four years ago. My, my daughter was born, and um, we always, well, as, as a lyricist, I've always written about my experiences and tried to sort of elevate ordinary things in, uh, into something magical in, mm-hmm. in the songs. And so, yeah, I mean, I tried, I tried to do that this time around, and um, I, I, one of the things that I was sort of, concerned concerned with was you know what do you pass on to your to your offspring or yeah. to other people you know you, you know you don't need to have kids you know our our sort of behavior affects other people in different ways and the idea that um you know your true nature always wins out was something that kept coming back to me um you know what 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 whatever sort of um, ambitions that we might have in terms of what kind of a person we are or what we're going to do today when we write our list of things to do, you know, you end up kind of um, reverting to type in a way. And that sort of reminded me a little bit of the, of um, when I was looking at some of, the, some of the songs that we'd written. There was a song called Child of the Flatlands, which was about mm-hmm. um, sort of Billingham, really, my, my, looking back at my childhood and um, the sort of the places on the edge of a town where the industry meets the wildlife and the, the kind of, um, I guess, from my point of view, you know, nature always kind of takes over and you see all these kind of vines creeping up. Yeah. Um, old 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 buildings that have become um, out of use, you know, and, you know, those those kind of things can, can still be very sort of beautiful areas to me. You know, I'm yeah. quite interested in that idea of yeah. the edge lands of, and, and kind of making the best of where you are as well. You know, it's, yeah. it's easy to be negative about industry and where you grow up and all those kind of things. But, you know, I, I've, I've, on this record, I sort of sometimes look back, I look at my life now um, and think, you know, look, look at the kind of contrasts and all of the different emotions that, that all of that sort of stirs up, which ends up being to me good good subject matter for writing songs you know really sort of um you know the, the sort of highs and lows of, of of life whether it's being a parent or not you know end up in the songs and then hopefully other people can um connect with those sort of universal emotions that are that sort of drive the songs and, and musically as well i suppose um we've worked with a guy called ben allen oh who, yeah you, you, um, you're not letting me get my questions in <laughs> <laughs> our keyboard player left and we sort of had a big gap to fill um, Mm -hmm. because you know keyboards are a big part of our sound it's not your sort of standard guitar guitar band you know that the keys are sometimes the lead instrument so you know we we thought right let's try and leave a little bit more space in the songs um, and that'll be something that that really marks this record out from the other ones but also you know we we still want the keyboards in and we knew that then was was great with synths and keyboards and Duncan played a few little things like, I mean, Child of the Flatlands that was built yeah. around the piano riff that he'd 
done, I think, on the on the old piano in his house, and we sort of we it was that, that was the, that was the interesting thing, really, the fact that we were down to just the, the, the sort of just the three, three of you. founder members, um, and as, you know, Tom, our drummer, is is very big on the sort of arrangement side. You know, me and Dunkel write a song, for example, yeah. which we have done. You know. The bulk of our songs have always been written by me and Dunk. That's the kind of the most prolific partnership in 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 the band in terms of songwriting. So even though it wasn't that different, you know, just taking Lucas out of the equation was very different because we all chat about the songs and mm-hmm. you know, like Tom will suggest, why don't you know we don't the chorus is too long, you know, why don't we put this here and you know, let's change the time signature, all those kind of things. Um, and we we thought right it'd be interesting to just to have the three of us and not try and find another member for this yeah. particular record and just see see what the essence of Maximo Park is and see if we can collaborate with you know this guy that we've am- admired from afar and obviously we thought we would um, go out to Atlanta where he's based yeah. and record it there and we were just about to, we were just about to book our tickets when uh, <laughs> oh no. We, uh, yeah, we we thought right, uh, we'd better not. And sure enough, America sort of stopped travel from from the UK. I, um, I, I, oh, go on. I understand. I understand you only met him once before you actually recorded the album. Then, so how did that work? Well, it was interesting because um, he came over for some business meeting in London and said, you know, I know we'd we'd been in contact with him just because we we loved the sound of Animal Collective and yeah. Deer Hunter. Who he, and he always makes bands sound interesting, you know. Like you can, you know, the songs have still got to be got to be as good as they can be, of course. Um, yeah. And he's worked with people like I think he's co-written a song with Christina Aguilera, mm-hmm. um, you know. But he's also worked on Niles Barkley's stuff as the engineer and lots of um, hip hop stuff. But he, yeah, he, when it comes to bands, there's a kind of there's a dreamy aspect, and some of the songs on this record. When we were writing them, we knew that they had this kind of reflective quality and a sort of yeah, a, an intimate tone that we we didn't want to lose, but we still wanted it to sound you know hi-fi and and poppy. Yeah. You know that's one of the things that makes us what we are. We always write pop songs, so we knew that he would kind of find find the balance. And so we said, why don't you just come up to Newcastle on the train um, and just work with us for a weekend since you're over here for a for like five days why don't you just make it seven or eight and fly back on the Monday so he came up here and we showed him around Newcastle and took him for um, proven donuts um, <laughs> which is fairly close to our studio and um, he's a, he's a, he was like hey I'm a, I'm a coffee connoisseur and I, I have donuts all the time so you better be good guys <laughs> and um, he was blown away by the donuts so we well, knew we had it. him I was going to say, if if the donuts lived up to expectations, then it's a, it's a, it's um, it's all uphill from there, isn't it? <laughs> it was. So yeah, we just we we worked through like two or three songs, like meeting up on the record, which is a bit more synthy. Mm-hmm. And we thought, let's see if he's got any ideas. And um, he, 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 I remember him saying, "Yeah, it reminds me of Underworld," which we'd never ever we would have never ever thought of something like that. Yeah. Um, and. So we were like, yeah, this guy's this guy's cool, and we worked on all of me, which has uh, a big synth riff that he'd written, at the, at which the, the chorus is built round, and we just got on well, and and he sort of, you know, he would play a little bit of guitar and bass, and just we would we would, we we thought we would go out and and be a bit like that in the studio in Atlanta, and obviously 
it wasn't to be, you know. Yeah. And so we, but luckily he said, you know, I'm, let's give it a go from long distance. Yeah. And we ended up with Tom in the studio in Liverpool, where he was living at the time. He's just moved back to Newcastle. Yeah. Um, but he was he was in Liverpool. Went in went in socially distanced with an engineer behind the glass <laughs> and um, a, a computer connected to the audio. And so it was like a, a recording session, but down down the line with Atlanta late at night. So that was that was that was the drums recorded, and myself and Duncan just did all of our stuff at home and sent it over, and he would do his magic with it. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Um, and I mean, can I so take you back to Child of the Flatlands because obviously that was a surprise release. Yes. Um, and when um, and it was obviously played on uh, by Lauren Laverne, and she described it as absolutely beautiful. How how did that? I mean, you've obviously talked about the fact that it's it's a, a, much of a soundscape and it's got this real sort of like quality to it. It is absolutely beautiful. I mean, what did, how did that make you feel when you know someone on national radio described your what you've created as that? Well, it, it fills you with um, confidence as well as as well as just being real, really appreciative that somebody who's so knowledgeable about music mm-hmm. and um, is obviously a um, a kind of taste maker, I suppose. Um, it, you know, you, you start to think, oh well, people people might like this because you make it in isolation, and we make we make the records for ourselves. You know, we we sort of amuse ourselves and think what's what's the best thing that we could possibly do here that you know that kind of moves on from the last record but you know still still has that kind of spirit of what we what we set out to do which was to write pop songs in, interesting um passionate um heartfelt pop songs yeah um does it will it will people even like it you know you never especially with child of the flatlands because it was it's it's probably the most different thing that we've done um, out from from maybe the first record where we did Acrobat, which had spoken word on and electronic drums and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So you know, I'm, I'm, it's not that people wouldn't expect it from us, but um, we feel you know, like the the structure of Child of the Flatlands is very different, and using the kind of field recordings in the middle where it becomes even more sort of dreamlike before it snaps back into itself. Yeah. Um, those kind of things. Are, are experimental for us. You know, they're clearly not experimental for <laughs> more more avant-garde music, but for us, it's you know, it, it's kind of taken a bit of a risk, and for somebody yeah. to say, to to kind of get what we were doing, and and also you know, tell people about it and play it on their radio show, and to a breakfast audience, you know, it's kind of it's it felt like okay, the risk paid off, you know, and, and let's see what other people think of it now. And and it's funny because it's you know. When you when you haven't released any music for a while, you, you you do think, what should we what should we which of these songs should we put out first? And it would be, it would have been easier for us to kind of put out something that was a little more punky and in your face. But I also feel like people would have just maybe thought, oh, it's just another Maximo Park album coming up. You know, great. You know, they're they're, they're a good band or whatever. Yeah. Um. And but it was like it made people think <laughs> yeah. and sure enough you know that i think that's that it, to me is the best way to go about things you know you have to kind of provoke people to to especially after six records you know if you're making a seventh record each time you've got to think how can we reinvigorate people because you know we're excited about it we've we've spent the last 
couple of years working on it. We've spent a fortune recording it. <laughs> you know, we want it. We want people to hear it. We want people to love it and 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 take it. You know, clutch it to their bosoms. But there's no guarantee of any of that. So when 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 people like Lauren play it and enthuse about it, it really helps us. That's great. And and obviously. It's got an amazing piece of visual art that goes with it that was created by, was it Greg Hodgson? Yes, that's um, right, yeah. I mean, that video is just stunning. Uh, I mean, was that fun to do? It was, actually, in, in, in many ways, because it was, um, we, Greg sort of works with VHS, and he, put, he puts the, the, the footage into, into, his, into an, an old VHS machine and kind of plays it. I don't know, I don't know how he does all this stuff. He's in New Zealand, yeah. Um, and well, I think he's in Australia, but he's he's, he's from New Zealand. Um, and we'd had a chat to him, and he said, "Just go out and you know get get the footage that you think sort of links up to the to the the lyrics somehow, and without it being too literal." But I did think, you know, right, okay, let's go back to Billingham, and um, even though Tom and Dunk aren't from Billingham, they also, you know. The, these kind of areas yeah. on the edges of town are part of most people's childhood in Britain. You know, mm -hmm. in sort of, um, you know, the, these kind of where, where countryside meets the town. You know, even if you're just kind of driving through them, they're just part of our our sort of subconscious. Yeah. So we 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 tried to kind of key into that idea of it being a sort sort of subconscious thing. You know, I was walking around the prefabs in Billingham, and just the sort of regularity of them is there's something. David, like David Lynch films, you know, it's something <laughs> unusual about it, about it, but very, very normal. Yeah. Um, and and you know, having wild horses, um, and I'm sure they're not that wild, but they, <laughs> they look they look pretty wild when they, when you just you just driving past and there's just these horses clambering around a field with a factory in the background and ICI and all the old ICI in the background. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a pretty unusual environment, um, and every Every sort of part of the country's probably got their own own version of it. So yeah, it was kind of, kind of trying to key into that sort of um, national um, psyche somehow again because it kind of relates to the to the the lyrics of this kind of post-Brexit Britain um, and you know libraries closing down, but also saying you know this area is 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 like a fairy tale castle. Yeah. To, to somebody growing up around here, and those kind of—it's just as with as with most of our songs, we try and put as many sort of ideas that rub up against each other to create something. Yeah, new, there, there know, was different. a really interesting idea with your single um, "Baby Sleep" with the—I um, I, I think in the press release it said that it was um, looking at sleep deprivation and the way it distorts norm normality in a capitalist society is, does that does that come from having a child and having been deprived of sleep for a number of months or years or whatever it yeah it does i mean you know I, um I, i'd never used the word baby in a song before mm -hmm. because i would never say it to somebody and i don't you know it's like the kind of some some songs you know it's like baby i love you and all and it's it's, it's a kind of cornerstone of pop songwriting the word baby yeah, I'm, I'm, i've never used it because i don't use it myself and that's what i it's the same with my accent in the song you know i i, I sing i sing how i speak mm -hmm. and the same with the with the words in it and as soon as i had a baby <laughs> i thought right <laughs> now it's time to have the word baby in a song and it and it has that kind of weird universal thing that makes it poppier 
somehow, you know, anybody could kind of listen to that song and um, it can be about their baby, whatever, whatever that word means to you. And it opens it out to people. But in my, in my specific case, yeah, it's, you know, I find myself with, or I certainly found myself wandering around with, um, you know, a pram in Eldon Square, just sort of being overwhelmed and tired and just yeah. thinking, what, what am I doing? It's, you know, it's like it's cold outside, so of course I'm in here. <laughs> um, you know, same with, you know, being up in the middle of the night and being able to watch the NBA basketball and you're thinking, brilliant, I actually get access, I'm a big basketball fan. Yeah. And um, at, the, at the time it was on, on BT Sport and our baby, our child had just been born. And, um, but instead you, you kind of, the, the hoops are sort of multiplying and you're nodding off and you're not actually... In, in control of what's going on, yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and and watching 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 the news with 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 a with whoever you know somebody you love it could it doesn't need to it doesn't need to be a child, um, and just thinking what what's going on you know what are we what are we doing and why are these people qualified to talk on the telly what's oh. going on? <laughs> uh, <laughs> do, I mean, do you have a, a particular song on the album that you think that, that's your favourite? Is there one that stands Ooh. out for you, or, or, or you know? It's, I mean, obviously, that's, you're proud that's, of them it's all. It's so hard. It's this is it. It's so hard. Um, I would say there's there's a song called "Feelings I'm Supposed to Feel" on the record, which is late late on. It's the penultimate song, right? And it's one of the songs that we first wrote for the record, and and felt like, ah, this is a new way for the band to go, and we didn't go that way entirely, um, because there's a, you know there are, there are quite a few sort of rocking songs on it um and and that and that's probably for the best because it it wouldn't reflect exactly who we are as a band you know we 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 do love to sort of um crank crank the guitars up to 11 <laughs> and, um, and 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 just ha- as long as as long as there's something interesting about it we we still love rocking out um but yeah feelings i'm supposed to feel is is this idea of um you know you, th- there's lots of different ways that people say you're supposed to feel at various points in your life, you know, like when you have it when you're a parent. Yeah. You know, there's lots of guidebooks and um, ways. You know, you by now by week twelve, you know, or yes. month thirteen, you know, you must be <laughs> feeling this way, and your baby should be doing this, and if yeah. you're not, you, know, you you must be getting paranoid by now. Um, and and yeah, it, it's kind of trying to work out um, what what I might be, what what should I feel? You know, I'm a sort of older parent um how does what how does time come into this you know how old will i be uh when my daughter's 20 or whatever you know like what what kind of age time you know time is such a a, a sort of stressful concept if you if you allow it to be and everybody does from time to time yeah um but then you know the idea of 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 love being stronger than all of those those kind of doubts it comes through in the song, and I've actually uh, I sort of um, sampled my my daughter playing outside, which ends up in the song um, as another kind of field recording on the record, and and it's yeah, it's just it means a lot to me because she's sort of on the record, um, merged in with the music that we've made, and I just think it's a yeah, it's it's a it's a really beautiful song and I love I love the kind of guitar riff that, that, that Duncan did and all of the sort of atmospheric stuff that that he did initially and then Ben really built on it and made it something something different there's a kind of 
really uplifting aspect to the chorus of it now because there's this sort of synth in that makes it a little bit dancey. Yeah. And I, when I first heard it, this was, I mean, and this kind of reveals a little bit about the, the way we recorded. You know, um, we sort of, we would we would wake up and different things would be in the songs and you'd either like it or you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. And you'd have to sort of find find out how you felt about it. And when that first appeared in the sort of choruses of this song, I was I was thinking, no, it's not supposed to be like that. And then, uh, you know, I, I listened a few more times and started to really get into it. Yeah. And then by the end of the day, I was thinking, this is it. This is exactly why you work with somebody else because you get this thing that you would have never thought of or that you would have dismissed and it sort of elevates the song or takes it somewhere somewhere new. So I would say that, that song and Versions of You, the second song yeah. on the record, um, again, I feel like that you know there's it it's been made more more like itself by by working with Ben it's it, it, it the, the true essence of it has been kind of captured with these kind of really dreamy sort of synthesizers that 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 you know I I, I don't know what he's do, I don't know what he's doing but I like it <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's good <laughs> and, and and you're obviously going out on tour yes eventually yes <laughs> So, and get there in the end. Yeah. Well, is, was, the funny thing is, these the, we were supposed to be doing uh, a socially distanced gig up here at the Tyne yeah the, the Tyne Theatre. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. And and yeah, we 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 you know we're as sceptical as everybody else about what's what's going to be happening um, in February. But at the same time, you know, we, there could be a sort of um, tier reduction. Yeah. Depending on on rates and all the all the kind of facts and figures. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see with that. And then yeah, in June, hopefully with the warmer weather and a lot of people being vaccinated, if if the government do the do the you know the, if the government rollout goes according to plan, then yeah, we'll, it'll be it, it would be really cathartic to get back on a stage again. For, and and for the not just not yeah not just for us, but it'll be cathartic for the audience who've been cooped up and yeah. you know there's not been you know live music is such a big thing for me and a lot of other people that it'll be yeah it, the, the shows are going to be pretty pretty amazing no matter what I think I think so too um and my final question is um, I mean you've obviously worked with certain people with um with Ben Allen who you've admired and um and Greg Hodgson are there any future plans to work or collaborate with any other else or is or is it is, is it just all focused on the album at the moment well i mean it is it is focused on the album and another kind of collaboration that's on the record um is the is the sleeves you know we worked with um a local painter who i went to art college with right. Laura Lancaster right and she's done the sort of the single sleeves for the the sort of digital singles and um her albums on the front cover uh, her painting phantom um is on the front cover of the of the record and uh it was just like a total honor because even though she's a, like one of my best friends mm -hmm. um you know it, somebody's somebody's artwork is very personal to them and you know she's she does really well. She doesn't need, <laughs> doesn't necessarily even need the exposure from being on one of our album covers or anything like that. And when I I, I asked her to um, to be part of it, I said, can we pick one of your paintings and we'll have a look through them because the, she she has um, she takes she finds slides um, yeah. from flea markets and places like that of you know a lot of family oriented stuff and because 
this record is is about the sort of maybe the more surreal side or the kind of the conflicts that you you have um, about family and all of those kind of things. Uh, it felt like her her sort of imagery that's maybe a bit darker, but is also affectionate and so in some way um, kind of look at, looking back but creating something new out of out of the past and 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 this these kind of things that she finds it felt like okay yeah this 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 will be really suitable for the album cover and anyway i just thought i'd mention that cuz i'm super pleased that she's she's involved <laughs> oh that's brilliant okay right well oh, i i should oh, i've i've made a record as well with Rachel Unthank from Band oh, Called the Unthank right okay but um when's that due for release that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> um, this is the thing. We made it together, um, and we were hoping to put it out, you know, later this year or something like that. But now, both of us will be really busy next year, kind of doing things that we were going to do yeah. um, earlier this this year with our bands. So maybe next year. But uh, yeah, people can keep an eye out for that. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to chat to me. It's been really no lovely. Worries. Thanks. Okay, have a lovely day. Have a good day. Yeah, cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 See ya.